The Other Side of the News is a current and dynamic companion to augment the discussions from the other side of midnight. We investigate, explore, and extrapolate facts to gain better understanding of current affairs and events, and thus... To bring comfort and calm to our wide international audience. It's a spontaneous commentary... Based on well-verified references vetted through vigilance and discernment. Our desire, desire is to awaken your imagination with questions. Questions that have not been asked, yet need answering. The other side of the news is a place where you can come and be with us in community. Learning new things, asking questions, getting compelling answers, and interesting viewpoints. It's about curiosity. We present thought-provoking questions to incite your mind, propelling you to see the world in another way. Propelling you to see the world in another way. With clear insights and fresh perspectives on global events. Tune in for a balanced view of the other side of the news. Good evening, and welcome to The Other Side of the News. It is Friday, January 22nd, 2021, and this is Annetta, and I'm here with my co-host, Timothy Saunders, who's on the other side of the planet, actually on Saturday morning, just waking up. He's in southwest Turkey, and my other co-host is Kinthea, who's in California, where I am, and to say that we've had an interesting week, we actually weren't chatting with you last week because we, we actually took a week off. Uh, but uh, boy, what an interesting two weeks. What an interesting start to the year. And we're looking at all kinds of things. And, and um, Cynthia and I are based out of California, so we're obviously in the United States. And we've seen things that we thought we would never see. And, you know, for me... I am horrified at what I'm seeing with censorship and things like that. The fact that you can't even speak or question anything, like you think, uh, well, you know, somehow it's been criminalized to even question that there might have been a problem with the elections. So I wanted to talk about that, and what I'm going to talk about is purely my own opinion. It's my own viewpoint. It's my own bias. But I, I do want to say these few things. There's been a lot of up and down, and depending on the side you're on uh, in, this, in this country, there's been jubilation, and there's been desperation and d despair. And pretty much, the thing is, there's pretty well no one in between. It's kind of considered a fait accompli, but I say that it's not. And here's the reason why. You know, when a bank robber goes in, and they, they go and rob a bank, and then, you know, they, they go in with their mask, their mask. Yeah, this is funny because every state has a law against wearing masks in public places for the reason that they can't be identified for robbing a bank, etc. So what an interesting time we live in. I just had to add that in there. But let's say I go in and I, I rob a bank and I, I hold someone up and I grab the money and I run out the door and I get in my getaway car and I drive around the corner and I'm off the property. I'm off the property of a bank. I got away with it. But did I? Is that where it ends? Is that where the theft ends or fraud ends? Really? I mean, when we're looking at this, can we just throw up our hands and say, oh, it's complete? I don't think so. I think that 
we have to really look at this and see what we're, you know, what, what, what is the way that we can continue on? I mean, if we just throw up our hands and say, well, you know, they're just censoring the hell out of us. We're not allowed to speak unless you're speaking of one thing. I mean, who is to say what is hate speech and what is speech that is hated? They're very different things. And I believe right now what we're seeing is we're seeing one-sided speech is hated because there's all kinds of hate speech. I mean, I can bring up tons of videos and all kinds of tweets and everything else about hate speech. And it was really, really um, inciting violence for sure. But when you're talking about the other side, which is seemingly totally censored, is it speech that's just hated? Because people are trying to uh, question if this was true and just, and this is the real thing. I am on the side that I don't feel it's true and just. Like I said, this is my opinion. You can agree or disagree. But I don't think that anybody should really be saying it's okay to censor people for asking the question about whether this was legitimate or not and to actually ask to have a real count and to have it recounted on a vote. That is not criminal, and that is not inciting violence. That's asking for verification. So, again, I go back to this idea. You know, in the Bible, there's the story of Lazarus. And Lazarus is falling ill, and Jesus doesn't come, and he doesn't come, and he doesn't come, and Lazarus dies. And they bury Lazarus. And people are really mad. It's like, how could you do that? How could you not stand up? How could you not come and help? What's wrong with you? But as it goes, Jesus comes and he's raised from the dead. Is this possibly the same kind of thing we're looking at now? It's a parable. It's a story. But it's a story that maybe applies to what we're going through right now. You know, are we, you know, when you're going down a road, I can tell you this, as I go, I've, I've moved across country several times, all the way across the country, driven big trucks, and I can tell you I've had some real experiences. If you ever sit around the dinner table with me, I can tell stories all night about all kinds of weird things, weird happenings. But as I set out from one side of the country to the other, I can tell you that I couldn't see my destination, but I knew where I was going. And as I drove along, I had all kinds of things happen. I had to keep stopping as I went through the high, high plateaus in, New, in um, New Mexico and kicked the ice out from behind my wheels because it was building up so fast I lost my ability to turn. I got as far as Flagstaff and I got stuck for a week there. I was delayed. I couldn't do anything. And then I had a rock slide happen. And they diverted the traffic off the road, and I had to take a different road. So my scenery kept changing. My plan kept changing. I couldn't see where I was going, but I knew I was going there. And even though it wasn't what the old AAA triptych said it was going to be, it didn't mean I wasn't going towards my destination. And this is the idea that I'd like to kind of put in your mind about faith. When one has hope, they hope they're going to get there. They kind of, they, they can waver. They can get knocked off. They can be very hopeful and something comes along seemingly that it's just insurmountable. Oh no, I give up hope. I give up faith. I give up the fight. 
I let the bank robbers go because they got around the corner with the money. It's all said and done. But, you know, it's not really, is it? Faith, on the other hand, says, I know that good will prevail. I know the right thing will prevail. And, you know, I think that's what we're looking at right now. We need to speak truth into the darkness. Whatever your truth is, this is the time to speak up. This is the time to have those balls, you know? Give me liberty or give me death. This is the time. Everything is in the balance. And it's not just about the United States. The whole world is watching. And in fact, I will tell you, I have many friends internationally. And the rest of the world is much more interested in this than the people in the United States. And there's a reason why. Because we stand for something. And if we fall, the world falls with us. And that's a big problem. So I'm kind of going around in circles a little bit. There's a quote that actually our guest tonight gave to me this afternoon when I, I called. And the quote is, no fiercer a lion than an ungodly man drunk on his own power. Is this not what we're seeing with all of our politicians? Is this not what we're seeing with the oligarchs and the big tech censorship? They're self-appointed gods. And we aren't. We're nothing. But are we? We're in the billions. We're in the billions. We need to stand up. In Italy, they stood up this week. They stood up and they opened up all the restaurants at the same time. There wasn't anything they could do. They took off the masks. They went back to normal. They opened their restaurants and they had a really good time. We could learn a lot from that. In Europe, many, many movements are much, much stronger. And I say it's because the horrors of war and oppression and fascism are much fresher in their minds and they've dealt with it on their own soil. Americans need to grow up. We need to get it together, speak out, do what you can. Don't sit there and wait for someone else to do it. It's time. It's time for us to do what we need to do. So with that, I'm um, very pleased with who we've got as guests tonight because they're going to show you a different viewpoint, how we can stand up, what we can do, what's really been happening, what the difference is between, say, a democracy and a republic. It's interesting, very interesting. I'm not going to take all that away because I, I, I'm sure they can do a better job than I can explaining this, but I'm very, very much looking forward to hearing from them. But in the meantime, since it's been such an interesting week, I would like to bring on my other two co-hosts and get their viewpoints on what has gone on this week with them. Timothy, Kinthea, who would like to come up first? Good evening. It's Kinthea. And uh, <laughs> my gosh, what a ride this week has been. And that was a great introduction, Annetta. I, I couldn't agree with you more that it's interesting to me to see how people are making up their mind when the story isn't over yet. We're still on this journey and it could go on for several weeks. So, you know, hold on to your seats, put your seatbelts on. What I'm holding the vision for is that we come to an acknowledgement as a country and as a people that the truth prevail and it's going to be hard for either side. I'm not going to say which side. Okay. I do have a tendency towards a side and it's not Republican or Democrat. I would say I'm probably closer to the Patriots so simply because 
I'm witnessing too much information. I'm watching things go on that just don't make sense in any other book, so to speak. They just, they're mind-boggling, and I can only answer it that there's some great collusion going on between those two major parties, which is not in the interest of the people. So I witnessed the drama on the country level, and I'm witnessing the drama among my friends. I have, living in California, a blue state, you can understand that I have a lot of uh, friends on both sides of this question. And what surprises me is that most of them don't see what's the real question, and that's what this show is going to address tonight. It's a deeper question. It's about who this country is, who we are. (laughs) and what we started out to be and where we are now and where we're going. And um, those answers are going to impact the world. Uh, It's a microcosm, macrocosm. I'm so uh, inundated by my friends, like, and they're intelligent and on both sides. And it's like, wow, what an intensity. And I I, sometimes I, I say, well, maybe there are, Not only are there parallel realities, but maybe both realities are true because the people on both sides of the aisles are really coming up with their points. And uh, so I say, may truth prevail. And I'm very uh, excited about what Paul and James are going to share with us because uh, this will help us understand this puzzle better. So, Timothy? Good morning. Yes, it's good good to be back on after 14 days of uh, circus. What can I say? I'm not a supporter of either the uh, bipolar disease of the uh, U.S. presidential race. I have to say, I'm not really sure what the solution is at the moment, but I'm hoping to learn this evening from our guests. I would like to congratulate you on an excellent opening, Annetta. However, I would like to take you to task on a few points. Um, one of the things that comes to my mind is the huge cost of this election uh, inauguration. I'm not talking about the number of flags that have been put up. I'm not talking about the number of chairs that were set out, which were quite empty, actually. I'm not talking about all the the television newscasting and uh, the thousands of troops put around National Guard put around D.C. Obviously, all of that has a cost. What I'm really talking about is the cost, the investment of everybody's time and energy, not just the last two weeks, but actually for the last year intensively, the last four years, longer. You know, it goes back in history. If you add up how much time each person has spent watching the news, reading the newspaper, hearing the same story again and again, the the programming. And at the end of the day, from a slightly more distant viewpoint than you guys perhaps, this whole election process is simply looking like some sort of Tom and Jerry cartoon, I'm sorry to say. You say the world is looking. Yes, the West of the world is looking. I've lived in a number of countries around the world and... Yes, the rest of the world is looking, of course. Yes, the United States does stand for something. But I have to say, with the last performance, 
from this election process. I think it's very difficult to take the United States government seriously anymore. And that probably is not going to make people smile, but it's just the truth. And yes, the rest of the world is looking because the United States stands for something. But perhaps more importantly, since I think it's 1971, all of the fiat currencies have been pinned to the United States dollar. And that's why the rest of the world is looking what's going on so clearly. So people are saying how wonderful because Bitcoin is going up in price because gold is going up in price. The truth is the dollar is in free fall. Of course it's in free fall because every time another trillion dollars is printed because some crazy guy at the controls, frankly, is just printing new dollars hand over fist. All the other dollars in everybody else's hands and pockets, not only in the United States, but around the world and all the other currencies pinned to them, are also in free fall. So every dollar, every day it becomes older, is worth less. And that's why the rest of the world is looking at the United States. So this system, in my opinion, is horribly broken. And I think that a lot of people, more than ever, are very, very awake of what's actually going on, the fix, in my opinion. And I think there are also a lot of other people left in the middle. Let's just say groups, patriots, um, perhaps people that were hoping something would happen last week, something at the last minute would change. Um, let's just mention one particular group, beginning with Q, for example. What a huge distraction this has been for the last few years. What a huge distraction and anesthetic, frankly, to make people stand on their feet without action, but feeling good because they're hoping something at the last minute, something miraculous would happen. Now, in my opinion, Annette, I totally agree with you that it's not over. Hence the title, Count Down to Truth. But on the other hand, it is kind of like thousands, tens of thousands of National Guards came around D.C. because of national uh, social distancing and all the other rules and because of the unrest before. Then the space was held available for this inauguration. And it was televised and it was programmed to everybody. Yes, it was. However, if this new leader was such a naturally yeah, deserving leader, that is supported so warmly by everybody, then why on earth has it been forced so hard? It's a question I'd like to ask. I don't want to go too far into the politics, but I do want to give my opinion. And I'm sure I'm not putting a lot of smiles on a lot of people, but there it is. So I'm going to offer good morning at this stage and uh, pass back to you guys. Well, I would like to say one thing. One distinction there, Timothy, is I don't consider the U.S. government to be the U.S. people. And, and I think they're, they're drastically different. In fact, that's the whole problem. The government doesn't represent the people of the United States. And we're going to find out, by the way, what people really means, which right now we're not really counted as people. That may be a big part of our problem. But I, I do think you're right. There has been a lot of positive about this, that it has awakened many, many people that were slumbering not paying attention, could care less. I'm one of them. I mean, I wasn't totally asleep, but I really wasn't really awake either. 
I mean, I understood a lot of things, but I didn't really care too much about politicians and all that. And I still really don't. I just want to get down to the truth. I just want to get, get there, right, and expose it. So I think we're really actually on the same page. I don't think it's so the, the, the idea that the international thing, I mean, what we'll learn tonight is the same things that apply in this country apply internationally. And that's, that's actually what I'm talking about, what, what the world is looking at, I, I believe. That's my viewpoint. So I'm not in disagreement with you. I'm in the pursuit of the truth and well-being for everybody. That sounds very superficial, perhaps, but that is my intent and that is my wish. So the more I can learn about that and the more awareness we can bring on how we can get to a destination like that, then I fully support that. However, I'm under no illusion that uh, what we've just seen, witnessed in the last two years, sorry, four years, is just been such a huge investment in people's time and energy and I really wonder if they're happy with the result and I think no is the answer but definitely uh, not <laughs> not not from this camp <laughs> yeah Kintia any reflections yes yes I just like to again punctuate that the event the inauguration really was not the event and everyone has this idea that like, oh, it's supposed to happen by a certain time, number one. And number two, although I have never really followed Q until this past week, which is interesting, I have to say that the Patriot, I got onto a Patriot chat, and I would say the opposite, that in fact, Q has captured the imagination of a lot of the people and has helped bring them together. When I look at the information flying among these patriots, it's immense. I mean, like there are networks forming everywhere, and it's because of this Q phenomenon that somehow has drawn these people together. You know, it's interesting. People have said to me, oh, you're you're a Q follower, and I've said, well, no, I haven't been following Q at all. But this past week, for sure, in these Patriot threads, I'm looking at all the stuff coming from Q and I'm seeing the energy that it's had. So I don't really think that we can make a judgment yet on whether it's been ineffective. I think it's been very effective drawing people together. Now, the other thing is that I know personally a couple people who were training militarily ready to go out for civil war. I mean, you know, ex-soldiers who are ready to go out there. And it's because of these groups that they're saying, stand down, be peaceful. Don't, we're not going to do this this way. We're going to do it by the law. We're not going to take the law into our own hands. And if it hadn't been for these groups, these people that I know, they would be out there with their rifles trying to do a takeover that way. And we would be having a bloodbath here. So I actually don't agree with you on that, even though I'm not a Q follower. I might be a Q follower now. I don't know. I have to discover more. I, I also have not been a Q follower, and I have become interested in some of the stuff that they're, that they're following. I don't really get a lot of it, but it has made me aware of a lot of other things going on. And Kinthea can tell you, I'll call her up or say something. It's like, 
I just noticed something. I just, I just got this symbolism. I just figured this out. I just put this together. So it's causing my mind to look at things a little bit differently, even though I'm not really a Q follower, I'm looking at things quite differently. So it has its, it, it has some interesting effect. And I would say also that it's engaged. You said the curiosity, that's it. It's created digital warriors. I just heard this term recently, digital warriors. So it's created this in, hmm, it's, it's a movement to be searching to find out more information, share that information, solve this puzzle. It's like it's presented as a puzzle. Let's solve this puzzle together. And people are sending information back and forth on Signal and on Telegram where they're sharing all this information that they're finding, which, you know, nothing really pulls the human into the equation as much as their curiosity and imagination and needs. You know, imagination is the mother of invention, right? Need is the mother of invention. Well, this has really stimulated the imagination of the American people. And I, I'm witnessing, as producer of these shows, I get barraged by emails, you know, check this out, check that out. Oh, I just discovered this, I discovered that. So people are engaged in this, let's solve this problem. And they're sharing, they're cooperating together. Let's solve this. So I, I am I, inspired by it. I am. Okay. Well, my, my point really is that the, the question is the, the correct balance, finding the correct balance with all of this. And one thing is to be made aware of something. And one thing is to brainstorm and I find that side very positive. Of course, it is very healthy. It's very important to see both sides or multiple sides of every problem in order to find the best solution. I totally agree with that. That's why I'm happy to read anything from any direction, including Q, including all sides of an issue, in order to gain a better understanding. But I think what's happened, firstly, is that there's been an exercise, a PSYOP people talk about with Q, but perhaps the PSYOP has been to uh, make this group of people who are curious and who do wish to become more aware, given it's the same brand and same brand um, has been become sort of the new conspiracy theorist, if you like. And that conspiracy theorist term is something which is sort of defaced uh, a lot of curiosity and a lot of alternative thinking uh, intentionally, if you sort of mean it's, it's made a sort of a derogatory term as opposed to just a curious term. Mm -hmm. So I think that, that that is something which has been, which has occurred, which has happened. But going back to my balance point very quickly, one thing is to become aware of something. And I think on that side, yes, I'm open and support all of that totally. The other point is when it saturates people to the point where they are anesthetized, not able to do anything because all of that energy that they would have put into actually creating actions and I don't mean physical actions like going you know, hand, hand on arm and going out and making a bloodbath. I don't mean that. But actually going out and doing something, if that energy is gone because it's, it's been used up in uh, sharing too many videos, podcasts, and so on and so on, and you think of the hours, the thousands of hours that people have gone into. That's my point where people have been anesthetized. So I think in... in retrospect and sort of bring this to a head just before the break uh because there's been no 
event or Q-related event in the last week, which a lot of people I think were hoping and expecting, then hopefully that group of people who are curious and passionate and, uh, you know, it's very clear to see that sort of the patriotism, you know, they, they want liberty and they, they, a lot of them also share their faith at the same time as well. That group of people are now looking to change gear. And I hope tonight our guests will start building some of the foundations or start sharing some of the foundations on how they can put their passion into a positive direction. And we are at break time. You are listening to The Other Side of the News. Our show tonight is Countdown to Truth. Our guests are Paul Andrew and James Michael, and co-hosts Timothy Saunders, Annette Driscoll, and myself, Kinthea. The only reason they've done that is because they know and have openly admitted that it's unenforceable. So if they kept everyone locked down over Christmas, they know that everyone's going to ignore it because you're going to go and see your family at Christmas. Of course you are. And they know that you've got 65 million people in the UK. You can't you can't police 65 million people going to each other's houses for Christmas. You can't do it. There's not enough police officers. So what they've done to try and keep some kind of, you know, appearance of power is give us those days so it's like i know you're going around each other's houses but we let you do it because that's better than keeping us locked down us all doing it anyway and them openly showing their weakness which which they have they can't enforce it and and the police chief chief constables has said as much that it's unenforceable and so that's what i think people need to realize is that all these music venues could open all these theaters could open all these restaurants could open all these bars could open as long as they all opened because then it's unenforceable. Hello everyone, my name's Gareth Ike. It's been a pleasure to talk on the other side of the news. Fantastic conversation with Kinthea, Timothy and Anetta. And I wish you all the best with a fantastic podcast. Cross my aching arms Body language clear here Grease my breaking heart Make my stand right here For action over hope Make my stand right here For action over hope For action
And welcome back to The Other Side of the News. Our show tonight is called Countdown to Truth. Co-hosting tonight are Annette Driscoll, Timothy Saunders, and myself, Kinthea. And I'm going to introduce our wonderful guests. We have with us Paul Andrew, and he is a patriot that used to be a Republican. He learned that the left wing and the right wing were on the same bird. It was all illegal or ill-eagle. Paul Andrew awoke in September of 2019 to the realization that his world was in danger and the pressing awareness that he had to do something for his family and his friends. He started learning everything he could about history, law, being sovereign, and the American States Assembly. He did his research and he got his paperwork done bringing him back on the land jurisdiction. Paul Andrew joined the California Assembly of the Republic. He became involved and worked his way up the Republic Oversight Committee for California. Then he was elected to the militia as a militia coordinator for California and started working together with the Peacekeeping Task Force for the United States of America Unincorporated. Paul Andrew is now one of the core members for the Peacekeeping Task Force as one of the communication coordinators for all 50 states. Over the years, he has gained an expansive body of knowledge regarding being an inhabitant on the land jurisdiction. And our other guest is James Michael. James Michael is a professional Northern California dirt-to-doorknobs electrical contractor who became curious about the deeper layers of law and language about three years ago. He has been actively studying since then and for the last year has been a part of the California Assembly on land and soil jurisdiction. Welcome, Paul. Welcome, Andrew. Are you there? I'm here, Paul Andrew. Welcome. James? Hello. Good evening. Hello. Hello. So good to have you both with us. Thank I you know much. that Annetta wanted to open the door here. So I just want to say I welcome you and I'm going to pass the baton to you, Annetta. Thank you, Kintia. Thank you. Hello. I'm so excited to have this show to have people understand um, really what they are and who they are, because pretty sure they don't know. Because uh, we're not told that. We're told something else. So uh, the thing about this is, the top, this topic, is a little, a little tough. Because you have to understand the history and from whence it came. And um, in order to do that, you, got, you just got a little a background. And so I would really, and either one of you can take this on, like a little bit about who we are right now and how we got there. And then we can go into a bit more, but just give a little bit of a starting point here for our audience, because um, like most of us, you know, <laughs> it's, it's very foreign. It's very foreign territory here. It started out long ago after the civil war, we were badly beaten and, and we hear now that they talk about the reconstruction happened after that, but the reconstruction actually never happened. It, it continued on. And 
we were so badly beaten, we needed to hire somebody to take over our government until we could reconstruct it ourselves. So we had hired King George to do that, which has put us right back in with England. And having the city of London running us again when we, we were never free. We were supposed to be free from a king's rule, and we weren't. So then they, they go on and they create a 14th Amendment citizen, which it was never ratified. There were, they were missing one state for the ratification, but they still pushed it through with all of their fraud. So you go back and you look at all that history and it, it'll explain to you right there where it started. And then they just continued to make amendment after amendment after amendment. But we were actually never free. When, uh, when they assassinated Lincoln... The, the black folks were, they already had their acreage and their mule and all that, and it was taken away from them after uh, Lincoln was assassinated. And what they did, they, he freed them from the slaves, but they don't realize that when they got freed, it was just the color of freedom. They, they took all of us and made all of us slaves, which made black people appear to be free, but all it did was enslave all of us. And then we've continued on all the way till we are now with all the fraud that they've done and changing names and, and operating in different areas where in uh, 1934, they created the Federal Reserve and pretty much sold off all of our gold. And, and this happened in all the countries, not just here. They they stole everybody's gold and created a, a fiat currency. And we've been trying to pay debts with debts in every country around the world. That that brings us to here. So, I mean, I I could go into it for a long time, but I'd, I'd rather have it with questions. Sure. Okay. So, um, so we, we have a situation where uh, this whole thing happened. Most, most people aren't aware of that. It, you can go back, by the way, and look at all this. You can look at the multiple bankruptcies of the incorporated United States. You can look at the, uh, the, how the Constitution's been changed, etc. cetera. Um, I wanted to, to go into some really basic uh, word stuff here. So, for example... Uh, we've talked about this before on this show, but not in any kind of depth, which we had it on the Christopher James show. If any of you want to go back, that was a fascinating show. But he, he did go into the different types of law. And so let's talk about law and what that actually means. So, James, do you want to address that one? Yeah, I, w I would love to. Um, first of all, I want to say a couple things. Thanks for having me on the show tonight. And um there's a quote that says, despotism fears the truth. It shrieks from its discussion, therefore dreads the freedom of speech. And that's what you're seeing out there, is that they're trying to divide us all and separate us all. And we were talking tonight about the two sides. Well, folks, there's more than two sides, and there's really only one side, and that's us living, breathing beings, which we don't realize that uh, we've been tricked into being that we're, we've been recognized that we're dead. And that's where I want to move on from there. And we'll explain that a little bit later on in the show, I guess. Um, but it's not so much of what they're going to do to us. It's what we're going to do for ourselves. And this is about self-governance and knowing who you are, becoming alive on the land. And uh, that thing you said, uh, Timothy said about the cue following thing. First thing that crossed my mind is following. Sheeps follow. 
leaders lead. So if you want to lead and lead yourself through self-governance, you're going to have to get out there and lead. So it doesn't, it's, um, there's another saying that says, if you don't watch the news, you're uninformed. If you watch the news, you're misinformed. So let's not watch the news and all that other stuff. Let's move on with what we can do as living, breathing men or women. So back to that. The word law is actually a acronym for land, air, and water. The three testimony jurisdictions that go back to the Genesis in the Bible, where God granted man dominion over the land, the air, and the water. And those are the three different jurisdictions. Now, throughout of our lives, we think there's only one jurisdiction. We don't even know what the word jurisdiction means. And throughout all this wordplay, which I'll go into that a little bit, is the etymology, the study of words and where they come from. And when you start to break down these words and words have meaning and you hear people say, oh, that's just semantics. No, that's how you're being tricked and lied to. So once you start to discover these things about words, you're like, you really start to wake up and critically think about what's going on and not so much what they've done to you, but what you've done to yourself and how they've taken advantage of you through your ignorance. And I don't mean that to be mean. It's just that that's what's happened. Ignoring. We're ignoring what's right in front of our faces. And that's the root word of ignorance comes from etymology, the word ignore. So I want to go on to the glossa, which is anything written in all capital letters. Okay, like um, corporations are all written in capital letters. Uh, dead people on tombs, all written in capital letters. So that's not the living, breathing man. That's in a different jurisdiction. The living, breathing man is spelled in upper and lower case. So obviously you've been placed in another jurisdiction. If you look into your wallet and you pull out your driver's license and it's written in all upper case, well, sorry, folks, but that is the language of the dead man. That is corpus juris, the language of the dead, dog Latin. True Latin is all uppercase word letters with hyphens after in between each word to create a sentence. Dog Latin is all uppercase words with no hyphens in between each word in a sentence. It's not English. It's foreign language, ASL, glossa, or dog Latin. Dog tags that the soldiers wear are all written in uppercase, dog Latin. They're sold to die, soldiers, what words really mean. So once we learn that they've been tricking us through different jurisdictions and different languages, then we go, wow, what is these different jurisdictions? The land, the air, and the water. Okay, well, the water jurisdiction is your contract law. Your air jurisdiction is your trust law. And your land jurisdiction is your equity law. We've always only thought that there was one jurisdiction. So back to breaking down words in etymology, the word jurisdiction, break that down. It's juris and diction. Diction are words that are in the dictionary. Juris is, means law. So we say juris means law or correct law. Diction means words. So jurisdiction actually means correct law words. So it's not so much a place or a boundary but by the words you speak, puts you into each one of these different jurisdictions. So once I realized that, I went, wow, 12 years going to school, and I only know one what the words mean in one jurisdiction. I only have a fourth grade reading level. So I started to discover that that's how they're tricking you. So the problem with what's going on in the world today 
is we are operating in the water jurisdiction, unbeknownst to us, on land. You've been tricked into the land of the dead, and we can go into that. I'd like you to ask me questions about that. Um, But you have been tricked into believing that you're dead and you're operating in the language of the dead, which is corpus juris. So like the word corporation, break that down, corpse. It's a dead entity. So all corporations are written in uppercase. All patents, ideas, um, anything that's a fictitious entity is all in uppercase. So anytime you see that, you know that you are looking at a foreign language other than English and you're being tricked. I think I may be bouncing around there if you want to bring me back, Anetta. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Anetta, um, may I jump in very quickly? I know you've abso- got a whole absolutely. Yeah, sure. steamroller full of uh, ideas <laughs> and things to talk about. But may I just go back on that point? I think it's very fascinating what you've just been talking about there. Just to go a little bit deeper into this idea of the land law and the uh, law of the waters, for example, does this literally come back to the time when explorers were on the ship and they had were operating under a certain law? And if somebody died on the ship, they were buried on an island or on land. And it was therefore assumed that that person was dead on the land. I mean, is it can I take it that literally or was it am I just making something up at this point? You're kind of making stuff up there, but you did get on some direction that you started out with. I thought you were going to go somewhere and then it went. A different direction, but yes, guide me back. It did start out in international law on the ships. Why? Because all water touches all nations, which are land that rise up out of the water. Therefore, Mm -hmm. land has a higher jurisdiction over the water. Correct. Right. So you had to come up with an international law that you could everybody around the whole world would agree with when it Mm -hmm. came to trade, the law of the merchant. Not only agree with, but I guess also have to have to agree with as well. Yes. Well, Well, how about airline? All air, all pilots in the whole planet have to speak English when they fly airplanes and have to study the same thing. Why? So they don't wreck. Same with ships. Indeed. So you have to pick some law to follow. And that's, let's break down the word law, land, air, water, right? So ignorance of the law is no excuse. If you don't know which jurisdiction they put you in by the words you're using and by the words they're using, you may be trapped in the water jurisdiction without even realizing it. And all courthouses are ships in dry dock operating in maritime admiralty law at sea, even though they're on land. That is the trick right there, folks. And and that's one of the photographs in your links this evening, isn't it? Annette, I know that you know a lot more about this than I do because I've just viewed it. But would you like to talk about that at this point? I think it's pretty... Yes, this this kind of proves to the point that it is admiralty maritime law in these courthouses. And to make a mockery of it or put it right in your face for the sheep, if you will, is the federal courthouse in Miami, Florida. Look at it, a view from the air. And if that's not a ship in dry dock, I'll eat my hat. That is, by the way, on the fast links. And I put it under our guest fast links. Is that photograph is there so you can go directly to it. It was very easy to look up, by the way. I just put onto Google Earth and put in the Miami Federal Courthouse, and it will take you right there. So anybody can do that. And for those who are not looking on the fast links, then amongst a, a cityscape in plan view, there is absolutely 100% the plan view of a ship exactly yes. on top of the building. Yes. So that ship 
represents the Admiralty Maritime Law, which is the opposite of natural law. Natural law, everybody on the whole planet can agree with, right? You don't want to be murdered. You don't want to be stolen from. You want to treat your neighbor as you would treat yourself, right? So everybody agrees with that law. That's the natural law upon the land. It doesn't even have to be spoken. We already know this. The opposite of this law, which was perfected by Emperor Justinian in 520 to 560 AD, is the law of corpus juris or dead law. Break that down. Corpus juris, the corpse law, the law of the dead. So it's a reflection when they looked into the water, the reflection of the word backwards is how they created their law, in my opinion. It's the opposite of natural law. It's the language of the dead or the law of the dead. So when you go into a courtroom, you are actually cannot be seen or heard because you are a person and not a people. People live on the land. Persons are corporate fictions made up fictitious things of the mind or corporation. If you look at your birth certificate, most of those are all written in uppercase, which is a corporate fiction. It's not now in real life. A birth certificate on the land jurisdiction would be what? A birth certificate. So if it's an opposite land, what is a birth certificate in the water jurisdiction? A bond. How about a death certificate? It's opposite land, right? So it's, it's a death certificate. They killed you on paper and then created a corporation. And they're like, hmm, what are we going to name that corporation? Oh, we'll name it after the dead baby that just died. So that's the trickery and the fraud where they tricked your mom into signing the birth certificate under informant. You look on your birth certificate, it doesn't say dear old mom signed it. It says informant where she signed the birth certificate. So informant means one who gave one away. And so she gave you away to the state. The state became your dad. And that's how you were tricked into the maritime admiral jurisdiction or the jurisdiction of the United States. Not the United States of America, the United States, the corporation. And we can go way into that, how they did that in 1933 when they started the Federal Reserve back in 19. 19- 13, and they worked it incrementally forward to be able to claim all those assets to fund their bankruptcy in 1933. But let's not go down that rabbit hole so much is how to get yourself free and back onto the land. Hopefully you're thinking, how do I get off the ship and onto the land? Well, that's what we do at the American States Assembly. We help people correct their status. See, do you have any proof that you're alive, Timothy? I guess my pulse, my temperature. No, proof on paper in their dead world. No. Right. You only have a death certificate, right? Not yet. Yeah, it's your birth certificate you keep claiming is your birth certificate. It's really your death certificate. So when you take that in, it's a death certificate. So what you want to create is something that says, because their world only exists on paper. Remember, it's dead. So it's only that black lettering on the paper. So you need to create something for their world that says that you're alive and standing upon the soil and the land, that you're not missing at sea, that you're not dead. You're not the corporate fiction aimed in all capital letters. You're the living, breathing man, the upper and lower case. Hey, James, do you think we can go backwards a little bit and and talk about how they make us dead people? Because we're talking, uh, I mean... It's presuming that people know how they create that dead fiction out of the birth certificate. So can we go backwards through that and explain that to Yeah, they the get listeners? your Well, they get your mom to sign you over into the water jurisdiction which makes you dead, but more than importantly how they do it. It's called the dead baby scam. And 
what happens is you were born and started. Do you want me to start where you're born in the womb? Started in the womb? Yeah, yeah. Start okay. how the whole birth date thing works, yes. Right. So the so the birth date, okay. So if you look at your birth certificate, you got a birth date that you supposedly were or allegedly were born. And then you have there's another date on the certificate, which has to be later than three days after you were born because of maritime admiralty law, you have three days to rescind any contract. So there's another date on that birth certificate. That is the date that you were claimed to be dead and they named the corporation after you. So the corporation of your straw man, if you will, if you've heard that before, is the second date that's on your birth date, birth certificate. Yeah, which is generally on most birth certificate. It is a a, uh, registration, birth birth certificate registration date on most of them. And register, register, if you look into the etymology, means the crown. You've signed it over. Anytime you register anything, you give it away to the crown, okay? Register it to England. Regis means crown. Anytime you, uh, yeah. So let's go back to how you, how they kill you. So, so what happens is your mom and dad drop some parts off at the job site and then some electrical charge comes in out of nowhere and creates that spark inside the womb and you start growing and your life begins at that moment of that creator. Now your mom and your dad drop parts off at the job site a lot, but they doesn't always create a child or not a child. It doesn't always create you. So you start your life through that from that spark forward from the creator and you're living your life for nine months. Well, when you come out of the womb, suddenly you kill your existing life or you board it. Okay. Because abortion means stopping the forward progress. So you stop the forward progress of that original life that God created you, that you were living under God and you decided to take a new birth date, which man gave you and you accepted the man's new birth date and he who creates controls. So you gave up your existing life under God, and now you accepted a new birth date moving forward. And that's the essence of how they did that. And there's more to that with the placenta and all that, but we won't go into that. But it's basically he who creates controls. And then they got your mom to sign up you over in the hospital, which is a foundling hospital, where you can drop kids off and not have to take any accountability. You can just drop the kid off. Well, they that's what they claim, that you've dropped the kid off, you're missing, and Anyway, that's a long story there. But does that cover it for you? How they they stop your birth date and then you claim a new one forward, which is it's which is man made. Now you're in a different world, right? You're not in your living, breathing land jurisdiction, soil land jurisdiction. You're so not. A, yeah, go on. So you you asked me just now if if I have any proof that I was alive, that I am alive. I guess I'm on a paper too in their in their dead world. Okay, well. Not myself personally, but my kids, for example, I was going to remember, remember you through a box this week to find some paperwork. And I found some, all of the scans of my children while they were in my wife's womb, for example. So that, I guess, is the nearest thing to proof on paper that those children are alive in the vernacular. Yeah, you're trying about. to go after it literally, and they are going after it, but they're doing it through trickery and deceit. They're bringing you into their water jurisdiction. It really doesn't have to look at reality. They're sit, the judge is sitting there in his courtroom. And he's actually looking at you and he says, I can't see you and I can't hear you because he can't because you're dead. Why do you think the they reason- call summons to appear? They're summoning a dead spirit. And when you show up going, yeah, I'm the dead guy because you're calling yourself a person. And we can get into that. You don't want to be a person. You want to be a people. 
Okay, well, where if I come from, people is the plural of a person, but I mean, that's not that's true. Really an English thing. No, okay. not, no not true. There's different okay. dictionaries for each uh, jurisdiction. And so they're using legalese on you and unbeknownst to you. You don't know that the word person means incorporation. So when a cop pulls you over and says, let me see your ID, and he sh looks at it and looks at you and says, are you this person? And you say, yes, you just claim to be the dead corporation. Now he has jurisdiction over you because he who creates controls. So you actually put yourself in that position at that moment in time. So the By correct not, answer would be? Not knowing who you are, or more importantly, who you're not. So should I be smart and say, no, I am this people? Sure, but you, you want to ask a question, not so much. This is the remedy. You want to ask questions, not make statements. You're, you're a man. You're one of the man, and women are of mankind. We, we are all mankind. All one, no separates, no sides. So what you, what you could do in that particular situation, if you were wise to what's going on, remember in the Bible it says, wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. That's what this means, is being able to know the law that they're being used against you and be harmless about it and use it back against them. So if you know that a person means corporation and they ask you, are you this person? And you simply say, which person are you referring to? Which is asking a question. And if they force you to give a birth date, give the birth date of the corporation, which is the registration date. That's who they're really asking for, is it not? It looks that way. But uh, in fact, I think we're coming up on a hard break at the top of the hour. So let's revisit this on the other side. You're listening to the other side of the news. And this week's show is called Countdown to Truth. The other side of midnight.com. Talk radio with pictures on demand. Liberate your hyperdimensional time scale and non-linearly access over 400 hours of conversation at the cutting edge of science and thought. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive content that fits your interests and time schedule. Filter episodes by guest or subject. Membership costs $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Talk radio with pictures on demand. The other side of midnight.com. Here's the big word, law. It stands for land, air, water. When you are born and you come into this world, you're born on the land, not the water. That's what the bar operates in. That's their jurisdiction, the jurisdiction of the sea. Okay? Law stands for land, common law. A stands for air, acoustical law, canon law. And W stands for water, which is admiralty maritime law. That's what lawyers are trained in, which is contract law. It's the difference between legal and lawful is legal applies to that which is incorporated right? Legal persons, which are fictions that are created when we're born. That's what the birth certificate represents people. Okay. It's very disturbing when you understand that truth.
For the other side of the news, my name's Christopher James, and I just wanted to give my full support to these wonderful people who are bringing incredible light forward at this time and moment in our world. The truth has never been more important, and I was incredibly blessed to be with them and share with them enormous truths on our very first interview, and I'm looking forward to coming back and seeing our world finally coming together under one hood, under one understanding that there's truly only one of us, and that there's only love that matters in this world, and this one truth is going to save our world, and I'm so blessed to be able to bring this forward and share this light with my fellow man and woman from this show this evening. So support them all you can moving forward. They're an incredible bunch of people, and Godspeed. So welcome back to the other side of the news. This is Anetta, and I'm here with my co-host Timothy and Cynthia. And we have two wonderful guests this evening. We have James and Paul. And I actually, I have so many questions, and I'm not really sure which way to go with this. We kind of went down a little bit on the birth certificate, and that's really, I mean, just barely touching the surface of what's really going on. But it is the it is the original entrapment uh, to bring us onto the admiralty or water jurisdiction, which is exactly where you don't want to be. I had had a conversation about this. I'm going to go someplace that you know people get uncomfortable with. I want to go there because uh, I'm going to talk about the Bible and God. And the reason is, is because our laws are based on the Bible. And there's many people that believe, and, and I'm one of them, that believes the Bible is actually a law book. And it's given out. And then it starts out with, you know, what God stands for. And then in Genesis right away, it's talking about these jurisdictions. So I think I'd like that one to direct to James. And then, Paul, I have a question for you right after that that I I think is important before we get too lost, because this is a deep topic. Sure. So. So we're talking about the uh, law, the land, air, and water, the three testimony jurisdictions. It's uh, quoted in Genesis in the Bible. I think it's chapter 1, verse 26 through 28, that uh, God granted dominion to Adam over the land, the air, and the water, or to man, if you will, to man. There's different Bibles that say different things. The land jurisdiction uses Bouvier's, um, I mean, the Geneva Bible. And on the water jurisdiction, they use the King James Version. So there is some difference, a little bit of differences in there. But that's where it started out with the three testimony jurisdictions of land, air, and water. When we talk about God as an anachronism, could we could you go into that a little bit, just so people understand what that stands for? Yeah, the word God in all capital letters is an acronym, uh, meaning grantor of dominion. So God granted dominion to man of the different jurisdictions. So anytime you use the word God or you call something your God, you are granting them dominion over you. So if you want to wear a mask because Fauci says it, he's now become your God because you've granted him dominion. So we want to stay away from that and you want to uh, honor your creator. That helps. Okay. Yeah, that does. So that, that makes it clear. A lot of people, you know, the idea of when you even mention the word God or they get religion confused with this. And so I wanted to be clear about that with where these ideas originated from in our culture. Law was based, all the different forms of law were based on this. And that's where the separation is and where God is. So thank you for elaborating on that. And then I wanted to actually talk to Paul about the 
the idea of peace officers versus police officers and the colors of red and blue and how that works in the various jurisdictions, that whole topic there, which is, I think, absolutely fascinating, quite, quite vivid symbology. So do you want to start to address that, Paul? Yeah, the well, the the police officers don't actually hold office. None of them were elected. They they're basically a a security guard for the corporation, and they don't have jurisdiction over the people. And in order to be the people, you have to have you have to have your paperwork recorded on the land. Other than that, you're one of the persons, and you're part of that corporation, and they have jurisdiction over you. With the red and blue, the blue is the sea. If you go down by the ocean, which we can in California a lot and the United States can't, but if you go down to the ocean and you look at one of the Harbor Patrol boats, all of the Harbor Patrol has blue lights. That's sea jurisdiction. They don't have any red lights. And then back in the day, our our police cars or sheriff's cars actually had a red light that was for emergency they were responding to an emergency when they were using that red light and if there was no emergency they're not supposed to use that red light so when you get pulled over here they turn on the red and blue lights they're they're telling you for one there's an emergency and they they pretty much created that emergency just by turning on their lights and the blue lights that they're flashing is letting you know that they have taken over also for sea jurisdiction on the land. But they only have jurisdiction over persons of the corporation, not the actual people that are living and breathing. And when they when they give you a ticket or they arrest you and you end up in court, you have to have an attorney. We call them like a sound mic. They, they can't even talk to you unless you have that sound mic with you. So when we go into court, as in we, me and James, or or anybody that has their paperwork on the land, we go what they call sui juris, which is in your own right. And we do not attorn or hire an attorney. If you look up the word attorn, it's like to hand over to a landlord and then they speak for you and you have a uh, a lawyer, a court, uh, you know, the judge, the court, the lawyer, they all work for the same bar association, and and you're not going to get a fair trial when your lawyer, the court, the prosecutor, all of them work in a jurisdiction where they go out and have dinner together and play golf together and all that. And if the lawyer does anything, or the attorney, may I say, does anything wrong to upset the court, they can lose their bar association card. So when you hire that attorney, they can never piss off the court. So you have to speak for yourself. And when you speak for yourself, you have the right to all discovery, which means anything that's put there, you have a right to. Any Anybody that is brought forward as a witness, you have a right to, to uh, question them also and have a fair trial. So when when people like us go into a court and show them our paperwork, they, it's a mess. They, they don't even want to see us. They don't want to hear us. They're, they're not even supposed to have us there. And then we bring charges against them when they bring us into their courts. Yes, that's all true. By the way, I've had this experience so, uh, personally. So 
I'd like to also talk about uh, the whole thing about the oaths. I mean, I understand that when an attorney, the first oath is to the courts, he or she becomes an officer of the court. The second oath is to the bar association. And I've always found it fascinatingly disturbing that when they take that oath, they are they are taking an oath to practice law as it was taught. Right, is, and that's the Bar Association, the British, uh, British Agency Regency. Yes. Brit mm -hmm. British Accredited Registry, where you register as a squire under the Queen, the Crown. You're actually a British redcoat at that point. All attorneys in this country, unbeknownst to them, or they know it, they are sworn an oath to a foreign government above the people. They're actually enemies of we the people. A lot of attorneys have torn up their bar cards and became lawyers. That's right. And then, and I want to point out the third, uh, the third oath is to the to the client. You're in third place, and yeah. when you do acquire an attorney, you also are saying that you are an imbecile. Actually, that you cannot you cannot represent yourself because you just you're incompetent. So a lot of people don't understand that. So when you're going in, you're going in at a complete disability. And so people, I've got a great attorney. Really? Well, that's probably not to your advantage. But, you know, you're going in under the wrong jurisdiction. So I just wanted to point those kind of things out because most people are unaware. And I was, too, until I ran into the experiences I have. So, yeah, that's that's just one of them. Also, James had brought up one thing, too. He said the word Esquire. The attorney is an Esquire. An Esquire is a title of nobility. And in our Constitution, we do not that's, allow titles of nobility. Absolutely. That's absolutely true. Yes. Which Constitution? Ah, there's a good one. Law. All, all three of them, all three of them are going to have the same type of words. We, we have three Constitutions, if you didn't know that. And all, all three of those Constitutions are going to have the same words because it's actually a contract. The Constitution was not written for you. It was written, it's the chains that, that bind them to 19 enumerated powers. And they anything over those 19 uh, enumerated powers belong to the states and the people, respectively. And that, that seems to be completely forgotten. I mean, that we're, you know, we're running under color of, of law, even our organic laws. So, so anyway, uh, I wanted to get around to the whole thing about that we have been turned into corporations. So that's a really foreign idea for most people. And what the birth certificate actually is, we've already talked about, you know, just really giving it a cursory gloss over how they actually turn us into corporations. But what does that mean as they far don't. as what they do with the birth certificate is what I'm trying to get at. We're dead. I, we're corporately dead. So what are we looking at as far as the, uh, the certificate itself? And the bonds, et cetera. That's where I'd like to. Well, the, they, they created the birth certificate. It's actually a corporation that was created. And when you create a corporation, you're going to issue a certificate for um, stock certificate, if you will. Okay, a bond, a stock certificate against that corporation. Well, that's the birth certificate. And there's one owner. That's you. See, you're not the birth certificate or the corporate fiction, the all capital name. You are the living, breathing man. And this is the hardest part to get is that you aren't that corporation. You did not create it. Somebody else created it. Therefore, he who creates controls, they control it. You were supposed to be the beneficiary of that birth certificate trust that was created because you're owed 
a portion of this earth and all the mineral resources and value while you're on it, divided by the number of people here. So that's how they create these trusts and they fund it with money. And then people bet on it around the world as like investing in Apple or whatever. There's investors that will buy your bonds on your birth certificate and that corporation to invest in it. You don't know about it. They're not teaching you about it. They're not helping you make money on your corporation. They're doing it for their benefit to fund the government. You try to figure out the birth certificate and even talking about it on the show, it makes it really hard because that's one of the hardest pills to swallow and and be able to comprehend how it was done. And, you know, we didn't even go all into it. You know, you're you're dead because your your birth certificate is created with your placenta. And when the placenta is actually looked at by the the coroner, the coroner is the one that declares you as dead and then they create that bond. And it, it goes on and on and you're going to go through stages of depression and anger and depression again and then then more of a calming. And once you go through that calming, then you're able to stand on your own two legs, be sovereign in your own right and, and fight for, for what is right. That's why we're so confident. We've already had to go through all those stages that all you still have to go through. I will say I will I will say about the the placenta thing too. I mean, I've I've been following this for a while, and I know people that have tried to leave the hospital with their child in the placenta, and it is a battle, like a battle. I've also got uh, evidence from individuals and photographic evidence that the filing of the birth certificates, it says file as death certificates. It says right on the top of the thing. Yep. So this is this is not a sorry about the cat thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, it just it just started playing a video. Anyway, that's that's um Yeah, it's okay. real what they've done. Now the whole thing is now we know what they've done. What are we gonna do about it? And that's where it comes to how you correct your status, I think. And think if you could keep that placenta. No, you can't have it. I'm taking it with me. They would have nothing to declare dead. They wouldn't be able to do it. That's why it's such a battle. So is this how they get us to pay taxes? Yes, yes, because they made you a debtor to the state, right? You work for the state, which is the debtor. You're responsible for all the state's debts, all the government's debts. And so they trick you into being the trustee for that corporation, which has to pay all those debts when you were originally set up to be the beneficiary of that corporation. What now, about that? Go look at Title 26, the tax law, and just read Title 26. And you'll start learning the laws the same way we have, and you'll go, wait a minute, why am I paying federal income tax when I'm not a federal employee? Uh, I'm, I'm not any part of that. I shouldn't even be paying a federal income tax. It, it defines who pays, and, and you'll be like, that's not me. So are you not paying federal income tax now? I don't no. pay any tax. No. Yeah, this takes no, you, you out do of your tax, revo- tax you do your revocation of election to pay taxes and you remove yourself from that because you volunteered into it when you first did that W-4. You know, most people don't know if you're going to go get a job and work for a corporation or somebody and they're going to have you fill out that W-4. Well, you fill out the W-4. There's a box that says exempt, but you never talk, thought about checking it, right? But I, if you I check did. it, you're, you're <laughs> exempt. You are exempt from their taxes. If you and, then you, your and then you sign your name on that document, that tax document, and it's in a box. And if you look at law, anything that's in a box is not part of the document. So when you sign your name in that box, 
they remove the, the name from the document and put it where they want. You're giving them, anytime you give away your signature, you're giving authorization to the person you gave your signature to. So we do our signature with a thumbprint. And when I do any kind of a document like that, when it says sign here, I will not. I put C attached and I, I attach a declaration of truth and they have to get through that declaration of truth just to get to my signature and they cannot do it they they cannot get through the declaration to get to my signature which means i'm in control of my name all the time so you want to separate yourself from that and say no i'm not that corporation i'm the living breathing man now you want to learn to take charge of that corporation and be the holder in due course of that stock certificate so they can no longer profit off of you and that's you, before you can do that, you have to correct your status and claim that you're alive and on the land. If you also go get a copy of your birth certificate from Vital Statistics, the certified copy will actually have the bond number on it rather than the number you would have on, on an original one that you brought home from the or your parents brought home from the hospital. It'll actually have a different number. So take mine for example the the first three numbers of that bond is 104 104 is the code number that they have for california and then it goes it goes to 71 which is my birth year and then it goes to 06 which is the day of my birth and then the rest of the number is the last four numbers that was originally on my birth certificate and when you order it from from vital statistics it has the full number I still have my original one from birth and it only has the five or six digit number that that is just a small part of the actual bond number that's traded, which is traded in South America, which is still American, but South American. Nobody ever ever figures out whether they're South American or North American. If you're North American on the land, that that's where where your right is and anybody that's a national has rights to the land that their creator had them born on. So you hear stuff about a Chinese national or a Russian national. It's the same thing for an American national, but you never hear about it. You see there's a spot for it on a passport and all that, but nobody ever pays any attention that if we were born here, we're actually American nationals and we're heir to the land and all of the minerals in the ground, the gold, the silver, the natural gas, the the water tables, all of that, we're, we're heir to that all. So when when they lose you to see, like they did just to create the Federal Reserve, they put you out there and because they are in charge of taking care of your estate while you're lost, they they hold that bond and they profit off it until you come back and say, hey, wait a minute, I'm here. So when I try to explain it, in simple forms, sometimes James James is brilliant, and, and when he explains it, it might go by you quick and you don't understand it. So I explain it like this. In 1933, Franklin Delano Roosevelt created the Federal Reserve, stole all the gold from everybody. They'd put you in prison if you, if you didn't give it back, and then created the Federal Reserve. Well, they took you and made you, a, made our parents or grandparents, depending on your age, made them U.S. citizens which are under that admiralty law and lost at sea. And then anybody born after that was also lost at sea. So if, if we were to leave here and go visit Timothy, we would have to go through customs. 
And as soon as we go through customs, they go, okay, here's Paul, check him off. He's leaving the United States and he's headed for Turkey. When I land in Turkey, they, they accept me as a U.S. citizen because that's what I left as. And then when I come back, I come back as a U.S. citizen. So when FDR took you and put you out to sea, you never had a chance to come back through customs. You, you were just out there. And, and until you learn that you have the standing, you have to declare your political standing and, and do the naturalization forms and bring yourself back onto the land or bring yourself back through customs on your own. It's up to you. Well, I would welcome your visit, I have to say. It'd be great to see you guys over here and uh, we go out and have some dinner and eat some fish and look at the sunset or something. But uh, it's, um, I'm just looking at my birth certificate now. I've been doing some visa stuff this week and I just happen to have my official copy here right now. I, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but seeing as I'm having a very close look at it right now, I'm I'm fascinated to see it's actually a handwritten birth certificate. And my first and middle names are written with a capital letter at the beginning and lowercase to the names themselves. But the surname is most definitely handwritten in capitals. So I was yep. just, just done differently in different countries. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But that's where they joined your Christian name with their name that they gave you, the surname, which they see, we're not supposed to have names. Mm. Why do you need a name? So they 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 trick us anyway. Go, and also, yeah, it's also, well, it's also when somebody asks you what your name is. If you see here, our our last names are not on it. it. It's our first and middle name because when somebody asks you what your name is, the same with the court. When you go into a court, they're going to call you by your first, middle, last. Well, that's not your name. That mm. last name does not belong to you. It belongs to your family. And way back in history... They always they always introduce themselves as okay, I'm of this family, so yes, I I'm a Pappas and I'm from a, the Pappas family, but when you ask me my name in court, my name is only Paul Andrew. Pappas does not belong to me, and it doesn't belong to my father. It 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 belongs to my family. That's yeah, it's not nice to call the people names. We you want to be the people, one of the people, not a person. Um, so you want to get out of those juris that jurisdiction. Yeah. So what we do in the assembly and help people is to correct your status so you have standing back upon the land because you have no proof in any other jurisdiction that you're a living, breathing man standing upon the land. These mm -hmm. evil people standing in these courts, these judges can look right at you in the eye and say in their mind, go on paper. Nope. U.S. citizen, dead entity. I can do what I want. They're going to ask you in court. Do you understand? The charges that are brought against you. Notice charges. They're charging your account. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you understand? And when you tell them, yes, I understand, you just told them, according to their Black's Law book, you just told them that you stand under the queen. Well, we don't stand under the queen. We do not understand their courts are foreign to us. We are, we are not required to understand their language. We're not a, required to have their attorneys nothing and they are supposed to treat us with the utmost respect and give us safe passage while we are in their sea jurisdiction courts you're you're basically boarding their ship as soon as you walk through that little three-foot wooden door to go up to the court and if you don't ask them for safe passage before you go through that that doorway you, you just tell them yes i am a u.s citizen and i do understand the queen 
And and I do not speak for myself because everything belongs to the queen when you're a British territorial citizen. So understand actually means I am subservient too. Correct. Yes. And the other thing is asking. The word asking as king. A king asks questions. The one who is asking is the creditor. The one who is answering is the debtor. So you never want to answer questions. You always want to ask questions as the king would. If you were a king and I'm a king and we approached each other, you were not going to, if I said, you want to go have a steak and lobster dinner? You're going to say, yes, you're going to honor that request. We don't deny in dishonor and say, no, if we don't want to say no, if we want to say no, we give a counter offer like, yes, can I have steak and lobster for the next year every night, please? And of course, then the banter would go back with the, and that counter offer. So we would remain in honor, honor. We don't um, deny and we don't make statements. We ask questions. And Jesus always answered every question with a question, did he not? And he turned the tables on the uh, money changers in the temple, which means he became the creditor and they became the debtor. He flipped the tables on them. He turned the tables on them. He, he was able to walk on water on the land, right? He walked on water, okay? That's a metaphor for being able to walk on the water jurisdiction on the land, right? The whole, all the land has been flooded with the maritime admiralty law, unbeknownst to us and through trickery, because we don't recognize the English and the word trickery that they're playing. It's our own fault, our own ignorance for not knowing how to read. It really comes down to that. And a lot of trickery on their part. That's absolutely fascinating. I, I would love to learn what I would need to do. Maybe it's more complicated because I'm a UK citizen, but uh, I'd, love to, around the world. I'd love to know what steps we can put in place to actually what would you say, renaturalize myself or go back to the land law? What is the term you Correct use? Correct your status. See, they stole you. They did identity theft. They stole your name. It's you actually, to, it's actually, you need to claim your name. Your, it's correcting your political standing. Mm. That, that's what you're doing is you're correcting your political standing as on the land. And you can actually do that through the same land recording system we have other countries can record through that system also. A political standing, by the way, is the jurisdiction you choose to stand in, just to be clear. Correct. So, yes. If you can stand. If if you don't have standing, that's like an infant that doesn't have standing, can't stand up of its own two feet, right? So that's where the standing comes from. You have to have standing in their courts. If you uh, turn yourself over to attorney, you've just lost standing. You've granted it to someone else. You've turned He's a turns you over into their system, which is foreign to Americans. It's not American common law. The Bar Association and their law is private law that they uh, pay a royalty to uh, to use that law in their private courtrooms. And they drag you into those private courtrooms because you unwillingly have volunteered through a tacit agreement that you probably didn't know about. But that's how they get you to, to tacitly agree. I can go into all those things. <laughs> Ask questions and so can Paul. Do you have any other questions? Well, I'm curious. This is Kinthea. So you were mentioning about how they own our bond. And so let's say we correct our standing and we're supposed to be the beneficiaries of this bond. Are we able then to start collecting on this bond and use the funds from the bond? That would be great. But you would be collecting from a bankrupt corporation, which is bankrupt right now. In, in 1933, they were supposed to teach us each individually how to use 
our bond and discharge debt. So if you went down and bought a car, when the paperwork came to you, you were supposed to approve it and send it to the IRS. And the IRS was supposed to balance your books. You know how you hear of the national debt? Mm -hmm. Do you ever hear of the national credit? No, but we obviously have a national credit to have a national debt. You can't have one without the other. So there's another, there's another thing that people don't realize is who are the creditors of that national debt? That's we, the people. However, I got news for you. There is not any people in America, folks. Why? Because you're all lost at sea because you haven't correct your status. So once all the people say, yeah, I want to be one of the people, we, the people, then now you have your unalienable rights. Now you have all these things. You only gain, you don't lose. Now you have standing upon the land. Now you are in charge of those corporations. You're above them. But they look out over the land right now. They only see persons which are dead corporate fictions and that we don't see people. Paul and I are the only people here tonight on the show. And notice you're saying now all these these bonds uh, dependent on these corporations are all bankrupt. So. It's kind of a mute question. Well, yeah, we don't have access to them. of a debt. Yeah, we don't have access to them. However, we're supposed to be able to discharge our debt dollar for dollar. So if all the Americans discharged all their mortgages, it would lower the national debt by that amount because wow. they owe us money. Mm-hmm. That's right. They owe you people we're, money. We are at break. We are at break. We need to come back afterwards. But this is a lively conversation. We'll be back. objective from the beginning, um, if you look back through English history, the common law and equity both developed under different systems. The common law was originally always the the original system of law which was biblically based. And it was handed down orally from person to person over the years because there wasn't any any printing press or writing until the Middle Ages, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas equity, however, what would happen is the common law at that time was extremely strict. Yes. <laughs> and most people fail to to realize the uh, the strictness for and I know for example um, one criminal charge sometimes could take four or five pages to lay it out of everyone and if you missed a, a, a t- dotting an eye you the, the guy could have the charge thrown out so what developed was eventually people who thought that the common law was too harsh would petition the king for redress and then the queen, king, I should say, or queen, would determine if they were going to have mercy on him and what they were going to do. Um, sometimes they were thrown to the wind and said, too bad, you're, you're out of luck. Other times they would get redress. And what would happen as more and more people started going to the king, he couldn't handle the workload. So he appointed it to the chancellor. Mm-hmm. And that he started doing it, which then became the court of chancery or equity. And of course, a number of principles developed in equity, I think there's 12 or 13 of them now, um, that developed over the years where it basically was a, uh, a separate form of, of law based on fairness and various principles that developed parallel to the common law. 
And then early in the 1900s, they were fused into one court because you had different courts, common law and you had equity. And they fused them into one court where the same court would apply both systems of law. And if there was a conflict, and only if there was a conflict, the common law would prevail. Hi, I'm David Kevin Lindsay from Canada, and I would urge everybody to be able to support the other side of the news. With the news media all over the world essentially promoting the government narrative on virtually every issue out there, everybody needs an alternative source of accurate, truthful information. And the other side of the news provides that information, that source of information from a variety of speakers all over the world with personal knowledge and experience that they can share with everybody in over 160 countries that they're involved and that they go to, to show everybody in the world what they are doing to support and encourage everybody else to also stand up for freedom issues throughout the world. I would urge everybody on a regular basis to listen and support the other side of the news. Welcome back to the other side of the news. You're listening to tonight's show, which is entitled Countdown to Truth. And we are joined by Paul Andrew Papas and James Michael. We are in the middle of a lively discussion. I know, Annette, you were also in the middle of uh, a thread, shall I say. But I just wanted to ask very quickly, speaking to the only people on the show tonight, so people being non-person, but Paul and, and James, have since you've become people, have you noticed any differences? I mean, what differences have you noticed? I mean, if you go through an airport, do people look at your passport in a different way? Or okay, if you travel internationally, I guess. I mean, what is the reaction from the authorities when, when they see that you are now people? Go ahead, Paul. I have different plates on my truck, and, and I've had police look at it, and, and nobody's said anything yet. I, I have credentials that show that I'm an American national, and I went to the bank the other day. Now, mind you, this is my account, but I went to the bank the other day and pulled out $10,000. Now, when you pull out that money, they want to know who you are that's taking out that money, so they want to see identification. I give them my credentials, and it took them 10 minutes looking through different books of identification and then they cleared it for me to to remove the money from my account without without using any other identification. So they know that that identification there is there. They also know that our credentials are are honored by military. And then we have a a few girls that were arrested on the beach in Hawaii, and they were praying on the beach with more than ten people during COVID, and. Out of, out of all these girls, three of them were American nationals, and I've been helping them with fighting it in the court and, and basically making the judge look stupid. And Hawaii's never seen it before where someone can talk to a judge the way these girls are doing it. And uh, it, it shows right there that, that we are under a different standing. And 
other people are, are getting ran through their system and paying enormous fines and, and we're shutting them down just by me counseling them in law. Now, I, I am not a lawyer. I have only learned the law here, but I've learned enough to be able to counsel them and and before they go into court, tell them what to say and all that. And they go in there and they knock it out of the park. And, and I'm really proud of these girls. They they make the judges look ridiculous. And and that's proof right there that that we are in different jurisdictions. Those girls are, do not belong in their courts. They only belong in a court with us our own land courts, which is which is the the supreme jurisdiction and we can nullify all of their laws all that but we need the people to to come back home do their paperwork so that we can form all of our courts when our courts are there if somebody gets a stupid law like uh, spitting on the sidewalk we can nullify that with a jury with a jury of their peers and after it's nullified in land jurisdiction court that law can never be brought against anybody else again whether they're U.S. citizen or uh, American state national. We stop all that fraud, but we need the people here to, to build the courts and form our general assemblies. Those codes and statutes and rules only apply to U.S. corporate fictions or employees of the government. They do not apply to the living, breathing man or woman. So if you go to try to do any of these things, uh, drive around without a license and whatnot, and you haven't corrected your status, now you become a belligerent and they can get you into trouble because you're still working for the corporation. So you want to correct your status, remove yourself out of it, then work on removing all those tacit agreement contracts that you got yourself into over the last years of your lifetime and start no, um, voiding those out through um, fraud because they committed fraud against you and in their law, they have a rule, maximum law that says, let he be deceived, be deceived. In other words, if I lie, cheat and steal from you, it's OK as long as I don't get caught from you. If you point out the fraud, well, then I'm in trouble. So that's why they can do all these lies and all these different things and nothing happens to them because they're operating in another law, not the law of the land, which is truth, honor, you know, the common law, which is common amongst everybody. They're operating in their own law with their own rules. So make sure you correct your status and know where you're standing before you go and try to poke the bear, if you will. So, so I, our, I have a question uh, about that. So in correcting your status, you mentioned drive, a driver's license or driving. So are you saying that then the driving codes wouldn't apply to you? I mean, certainly we don't want drunk drivers, but let's say, you know, you do something that's not really so horrible and you have a ticket, are you saying you would no longer have to, you know, respond to that ticket if your standing has been corrected? No, you have to respond to everything. Yeah, go ahead, Paul. Hang on, James. Let, let me help with this one. You say, so we don't want drunk drivers. And we can all fool ourselves, but pretty much everybody here, if you're of age, you've gone out and you've had a drink and you drive home. And when you do that, you're under their law as far as being a drunk driver, maybe you haven't been caught, but you have drank and drive. So when when it comes to us, if you if you get in trouble drinking and driving, you go and you do classes and you pay all the fines. It'll cost you in upwards of ten thousand dollars for that drunk driving. 
we we won't get in trouble for drunk driving because we didn't cause any harm. Now, if we caused harm, then we are under American common law. And if I were to kill you or somebody in your family because I was driving drunk and irresponsible, my I won't have a $10,000 fine. I, I won't have all these classes. I will be walked out and strung up. That That is how common law works. If I take your life, my life will be taken. That's severe. Yes, and that's why people under the common law behave very well. <laughs> yeah, we, we are much more responsible because we know we have to be. We, we are in the correct political standing, and I cannot cause harm. It's any, any crime has to have a victim. So if, if I make you a victim by, by hitting you while I'm drinking, the crime is against me. I, I am the criminal for that. And if it's just a little accident or whatever, okay, then then there's monetary compensation or or whatever. I'll I'll get fines. But but if I caused enough harm to kill you, I would be killed too. I wanted to say that Keith put something in the chat about will I lose my IRA or my stock value? It's not your IRA or it's not your IRA or your stock value. It's a corporation named after you that's holding all that value. You, the living, breathing man, have access to it. So we always keep saying, I, it's my this, it's my that. It's really not. And that's where you have to separate yourself into the living, breathing man and that corporation that you're supposed to operate properly through the proper paperwork. Um, and once you start to learn and correct your status, you'll be able to operate your corporation properly. Um, like when it gets a ticket, you'll know how to respond right away. You cannot be silent on any of this because in their world, silence is acquiescence. So if I wrote a letter to the judge and put a court case saying that you owed me, a, I sent you a letter that says you owe me a million dollars. And if you don't respond to me within 20 days and you ignore that letter, and then I send another one after 20 days saying, hey, you, I know you forgot about me. It's been 20 days. Just want to remind you, you owe me a million dollars. And if you don't give me the million dollars in 10 days, you agree that you owe me the million dollars and, and you make a, a self-fulfilling contract. Now, if you don't respond to that, I'm going to send you the third letter that says, now you're in default. You agreed that you owed me the million dollars by being silent. And I take that to any court in their jurisdiction. I win because you remain silent. Silence is acquiescence. And that's exactly what they're doing to you. You, We need to learn how to respond with the proper, proper paperwork against their paperwork because their system only exists in the paperwork world. So how does this affect, affect like property taxes and yeah? Um, the true sovereign, once you've corrected your status and you've gained your land patent, which is the true title, anybody who thinks they own a, a house with a warranty deed or a deed of title, a deed of trust, is gravely mistaken. They are a renter on their property, and that's why they pay property taxes. So once you've corrected your status and you've gotten a land patent, which is another step in it. Um, then you become sovereign on your own land and no more property taxes, no building codes, none of that stuff applies to you. It, it's also with uh, U.S. citizens are British territorial citizens. And because of the, the treaties from, from back when we became independent, uh, the queen cannot own any land. And anybody that is a U.S. citizen is a British territorial citizen. And anybody that is a British territorial citizen can't own anything because everything of theirs belongs to the queen. 
So the queen can't own land here and neither can U.S. citizens. The only people that are going to be able to go and get a land patent is American state nationals because they're heir to the land. All of our land patents stopped in, in like the the 30s or 40s. You, you, you stopped seeing 1830s, 1840s. You stopped seeing them. And, and now, as American nationals, when we reclaim our status, we're able to go back and start reclaiming land that belonged to our great-great-great-grandparents that, wow. that have patents that are signed by the president. And it, it goes to the assignee and the heirs forever. So we can go back and bring them forward as American nationals. As a U.S. citizen, you would not be able to own land at all. And then your Social Security, IRA, at, uh veteran benefits, all of that is yours. You're only retiring from that system and any money you put into it is still yours. You don't lose any of that, but you do stop paying taxes. It's illegal. Well, I, I want to share with the audience that I do know of a police officer back east who she did this process and no longer pays uh, taxes on her house. She completely yes, cleared she would have done the land patent. And when you when you do the land patent, you're no longer part of that. You become a little blip on their map in a incorporated city. And now you have to contract with the fire department and the police yourself because you're unincorporated. So your little piece of land, you you get a contract with the fire department that says, hey, if my my house is on fire, this is how much I pay if you come in to help save it. So, so you're basically unincorporated on your land when you when you claim it. Well, you just Man. brought up another thing here about. So you're saying the fire department and the police, you'd have to make a new contract with them. Are they looking up when they get the nine one one? Are they looking up to say, see, are you under their, you know, jurisdiction? Right now, they're not because all of these, even the judges, judges, police officers. And most of the attorneys don't even realize the difference between the jurisdictions. And when you start going up into higher level courts and, and the higher up people that run everything, that's the ones that are committing the fraud. And they only allow so much information to go downstairs. And, and uh, with that, they keep all of us hidden. Like the regular police officer thinks that they're here to protect and serve. And all they are is a security guard for the corporation of an incorporated city that is that is incorporated so that they could collect federal benefits. So once you stop those federal benefits, the sheriff is the supreme law of the land. He is elected by the people, and he has jurisdiction over that whole county, not that little local police officer. But because most of our sheriffs have also accepted their federal money— then they have also been been corrupt, and they are not constitutional sheriffs. We follow the Constitution, and as we start building our assemblies, we're going to have uh, constitutional sheriffs driving right alongside them in the same jurisdiction. The only difference is, is that sheriff truck will be dealing with U.S. citizens, and my sheriff truck will only be there to protect the national. It, the U.S. citizen has nothing to me until they correct their, their political standing. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd like, like to connect you with Howard Lichtman of the Thick Red Line because he's been working with sheriffs and police officers. Very aware of it, yep. Yeah, we're, we're aware of that. And then I, I've also gone through the, 
the classes with Sheriff Mack and all that, and I've read books on constitutional law and all that so that I can be a constitutional sheriff for California. But right now, I, I have the position of militia coordinator. So, one, you know, militia is a Hebrew word for people. Every Everybody's learned that this right-wing word, militia, and and crazy people, and they keep putting it in the news, militia, militia, militia. Well, militia is a Hebrew word for people. And we, the people, are the ones that protect our country and our countries. For you, Timothy, you know, we we are the people, and that is the militia. So a well-regulated militia is, is me having weapons in my home, my neighbor having weapons in their home, and we protect our own community. And when the community is hurting, we help each other. It it starts at our at our dining room table and it works its way out. And then it goes into the parishes and the townships and the counties and then into the states. And then each one of those states, that that is a sovereign nation. So I don't have an allegiance to the United States of America because the United States of America is 50 individual nations. I only have an allegiance to California, my birth state, my nation state. I'd, I'd like to backtrack very quickly. There's something you said a little while ago about this analogy with uh, drinking and driving. If, if somebody, unfortunately, would you know, kill somebody through a drinking and driving incident, and then the driver would be held guilty in, I think you said, natural law, and they would therefore be the the victim in the crime. They would be the they would be they would be killed, the driver, the the person who's guilty. Well, not necessarily. Yeah, they would not be the victim. They strung the, up. Oh. I think you said. Well, yes, but it would also go to a jury of their peers. Okay, but my my question jury, just just to focus my question: who who is the jury, and under what jurisdiction would that be in? The okay. land jurisdiction and a jury of your peers. Yeah, okay. and, and, and who, who international law? It's not international law. It's American common law. Okay. There are a lot of common laws. This is American common law. And who, that who we would are, choose? That we are under. Who would who choose the, the jury? jury? Who would choose the organization? Who would choose the courtroom? I'm just just, just interested to know how that would happen. Well, th that's a long story, and it gets kind of way down another rabbit hole that would take us hours to talk about if you wanted to go that route. But I think well, we're getting we to a close, and I, and I wanted to to let people know the basic steps on how to get yourself over into the land jurisdiction, a real basic to get your feet off the boat and onto the, onto the sand of the beach. And there's many yeah. steps you can go forward with that to get yourself up farther onto the beachhead. But the very first thing to do is to correct your status is what we call a 1779 document, which declares you're alive and on the land. You get two witnesses, two people that have known you for seven years to do to a witness statement each. Have your witness have their signature notarized on your witness statement. You get those two witness statements plus your 1779 document. You bring that to a recorder on the land jurisdiction. We record you as being alive on the land jurisdiction. Now you have paperwork for the water jurisdiction that you're alive. And that is the first step. And it's very easy to do. And that will get you out of their jurisdiction. And the next step is to start studying and learning how to keep yourself out of that jurisdiction. I yield. Mm. That sounds fascinating, and I think perhaps we need to do a follow-up show because I, I think we're Please minutes do. away from the end, and <laughs> we have so Please many do. to cover. Please do. We could go on yeah. for hours with it, but I'm but the sure. main thing, the main thing is, is to come back home 
on the land because we the people can fight together. So when when all of us are standing together, I don't care what name you want to give it. When we all come together, that's when we have the power. You know, an army of the people would give you chills when you see what they can do. Mm-hmm. And and that's what we need to do in every country. And and you know, it for you, Timothy, you're you're in Turkey. My last name, if you look at it, it's shortened, but but I am actually Greek. And when you look at, at the wars back and forth between Turkey and Greece, you know, I, I come to where I am now and I start to realize that that even in other countries, we have been swayed to to not like each other, whether it's Republican, Democrat, Greek and Turkey or it's, anything It's else. unending. It, it's, what's their, it's what they do. It's the sport. It's the whole well, thing. that's their job is to divide yeah. and conquer. When yeah. we come together and we sit down and we have food and drinks and, and normal conversation like this, that's what brings the communities together and the countries together. I, I, I would love to go and sit down and visit with you and have drinks and, and laugh and show people that it's not the hatred that they actually think is there. We need to, to stop all the division. They, for the Civil War, we were divided north and south. And then that went away, and then we got divided, Republican and Democrat. And then that started falling apart, and we got divided black and white. And it, it just on and on and on again. And the only thing is, is we have to all come together, no matter what color, no matter where we're born, nothing. We have to come together and form our general assemblies and declare our status on the land. No, division, division is, the, is the fuel of the politicians. That's what they do yeah. to perpetuate their own their own aims and goals may i ask you a quick question because guys guys we're running out of time i want to ask you something very quickly the queen we mentioned her a lot of times uh and she stands for various things from different perspectives i mean to some she's a lizard person to some she's part of uh, a german family to some she is uh one of the largest landowners on the planet etc etc who is the queen of england to you a uh a monarchy of a foreign government. Yeah, and the, okay. the Queen of England, you know, grew up in a in a wealthy home, and and she inherited all that wealth, and she's not going to give it away the same way nobody else would if they had that wealth. They don't want to share it, and and if you're going to be the ruler of a country or you're going to be a leader, you you have to lead by example and give that wealth back to the people. You can't do anything with having a family in one house that has more money than everybody else. All the people have to realize is go back and get that money from them. Take it I'm, away. I'm, I, I mean, I get that, but I'm also referring to the fact that it's her bloodline is also, you know, not purely English, is it? It's <laughs> right. Well, yeah, you can and, go down uh, all those I'm, rabbit holes. You can go down all those rabbit holes, but those really don't get us to the solutions that we need to self-govern. And until we come together as people by correcting your status as the people and being live, 30 people in each county, you can take over your whole county. If you would correct your status and come together as a group, you'd have more power than one. every one of those politicians put together. Seriously, <laughs> only 30 people in a county? If you can get 30 people to come together and start working together, you can have your general assembly, your court up and running, all the offices filled, but you'd have to have people that are willing to work full time, 30 people to work full time. Uh, 
if now, I, if now I once happens, once we correct our status and we populate our counties, there's a thing called Milligan ex parte that kicks in, ex parte Milligan, which is adjudicated case law that goes back to 1866 that says once we have our courts established, the water jurisdiction has to stand down to we the people after the so reconstruction. That's really doable. It's doable, yeah. Well, you probably need 100 people and 30 that are going to participate. And then once that happens, you're going to get a flood of people coming in because they're going to realize that now they're people and they have rights. See, everybody thinks they have these Bill of Rights. They do not. They have civil rights. They do not have their Bill of Rights. That's why they're treated with such disrespect. And we all know something's been wrong, but we can't put our finger on it. Well, that's the finger. You've been put into a foreign jurisdiction. You need to get yourself out of it. And then you need to get together with your other people and get everybody to correct their status. And then now there's people standing upon the land. Now we, the people, can self-govern. Which the bill, the, hey Dan, the, the right. bill of rights was not written for you either. The, no, I know. That tells them exactly what what they have to leave alone. That that is our unalienable rights that were given to us by our creator. They don't tell us anything. That's us telling them you cannot trespass against us with those. And then to go back to earlier conversation when you talked about Q, I followed Q for a long time. I followed Donald Trump. I had all the Republican stickers on my truck. And as I as I did the research and learned everything myself, it Too brought me, it, it brought me over to here. Thank you, James. It brought me over to here to the assembly, which put me way ahead of what Q was was trying to get us to learn. It's like trust the plan is from Q. Well, if you trust the plan, the, the plan is to come back home. When you come back home, Everything that Q talks about, we can do it right here if we all stand together. But everybody's waiting for Trump to be their savior, and Trump is not your savior. You cannot be saved by one man. We can save ourselves, and Trump will help us along, but he is not our savior. I took all those Republican stickers off my truck. I left the Republican Party. I, my father, 81 years old, left the Democratic Party and became a we are all finally awake now and building our assembly and we need all of you to help us along in every like somebody's way. building in the background as well <laughs> yeah. so very quickly if somebody would like to start changing their status is there a website or somewhere they can visit to to take the first steps yeah they go can go to the, um, to the american states assembly.net and then they they choose correct your status and it'll walk them through the steps and then on that assembly website, there's also the coordinators list. And then you find the coordinator for your state and get in touch with them. And then they can help you get to the recording secretary to record your documents. And James is actually a, a deputy state recording secretary for California. So if you're in California, James or Caesar can, can do your paperwork and bring you back onto the land and then because I'm in the militia and deal with all 50 states, I, I know I know coordinators in, in just about every state there is, and they can all get you set up. If you just send them an email, they can get you with cool. the And There's James, also a UK so and much. Australian we link. We need to close. Thank you so much Thank for you. joining us this evening. And Thank we wish you a great year ahead and a great future. Come on. listening to the other side of the news. 
Come home to the land.